Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Y'all all right? Y'all all right? All right. All right, man. Welcome again, man. This is crazy. Um, anybody else have a seat beside them? We, I mean, people can sit on this on this part, too. Um, so that, that's that's about it after that. We're going we're gonna to get some more chairs next week. And so um, but thank you all, all of you all for coming. Um, open up your Bibles um, to uh, Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one. We started a series, you know, we finished John, and now we started a series where we're going into Proverbs, and we're diving into Proverbs for a multitude of reasons. Um, you know, Proverbs is, is just one of those books that's kind of in your face. I mean, all of the Bible is in your face, but uh, the Proverbs is a unique book. So we, Pastor Deuce and I, we took different aspects of Proverbs, different parts of Proverbs, Put Proverbs together and teaching them in, in, in a 12-week series is kind of going to be commercials of our larger series. So we're going through the issues of life. Say the issues of life. How many of y'all got issues? Amen. 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 If you didn't have your hand up, you're lying. Um, but all of God's people got issues. The good thing about it is he doesn't leave us in our issues. Um, the good thing about God is he's always awake and available to lace us with his life in the midst of our issues. Last week we talked about what is a proverb. Just to kind of give you an introduction, um, you know, just, just to what a proverb is, because I know that's a different genre, and usually preachers quote proverbs, but a lot of times, many times, and, and it's not to dog anybody, but just many times we don't usually spend time trekking through proverbs as a cohesive unit of a book to help us to get God's wisdom in our lives. Well, what we're going to talk about today is an interesting subject. I remember when, in the late 80s, when a lot of the female MCs started to come on the scene in rap culture. And a lot of, they, they, you know, they, they were able to spit a lot of them, you know. Um, my, my big, I was a big fan of, of, of Light and Queen La. And so I was, a big, I was a big fan of them too. But what was funny and what was crazy about their frustration, you know, it was another group y'all don't even know, uh, Finesse and Sinquist. Some of y'all don't even remember that. The Sisters of Soul. Yeah, it went past you. But um, as you, you remember, thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. But it was a bunch of groups that came out. And what was interesting about the groups, the, uh, the groups and the, and the female um, um, solo artists is, is all of them were extremely, extremely gifted at their craft. But what happened is, is because they felt like hip hop culture was a was was basically a, a sexist culture that only made room for male MCs. A lot of women got extremely frustrated with that culture. And, 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 and what they began to do is instead of allowing their gifts to speak for itself, many women over the years began to peel back their clothing in order to get physical attention so that you can eventually begin to listen to them. And so we come to a passage where, where we have a female MC that's not in the secular arena of secular hip hop, but her name is Lady Wisdom. She's a female MC, and she spits all the way through the book of Proverbs, and she's holding a microphone in a beastly way to let us know some things. And I hope that we don't let, and she, she's in a rhythmic pattern laying out her truth. And we're going to watch. She's not, like a, she's not looking for a gig somewhere. She's not looking to get paid, you know, Lady, Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom is trying to get out in the mix of the culture and begin to spit her truth, not just to the culture, but to God's people. 
And so today we, we, I, I want to talk, talk, talk a little bit about who's Lady Wisdom looking for. She's looking for the ideal student. That's what I want to talk about today. The ideal student. The ideal student. Lady Wisdom is looking for a prodigy. And as she's looking for a prodigy, she's, she's getting out and she begins to call out in the streets, out in the marketplaces, out where people live and dwell. And so we see here in this passage, let me, I'm going to read it and then we're going to dive in. It says in verse 22, start there. 20, I'm sorry. It says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market she cries her, she raises her voice at the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. That brings me to my first point. The type, the types of places in which wisdom calls. The types of places in which wisdom calls. Wisdom gets out on the street and I like the way in, 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 in reality that it personifies it as a female. You, you have to understand how shocking this would be in Jewish society. See, a, a woman would not have gone out into the street and began yelling wisdom. So it would have been shocking to the Jewish listener to hear Lady Wisdom, a, a woman, going out in the streets and going to the places that she went. Uh, she, she went to the marketplace. She went to the, to the city gates. Um, she went to the places. She went to the center of the city. Um, it, it would, it would kind of be like in our culture. If y'all saw a woman out down in Cincinnati on 15th and Market out there saying, Hey! Hey, y'all listen to me, people coming up from the, from the L station. And, I mean, everybody, you know, usually when you hear somebody yelling outside the L station, nine times out of ten, you just like, everybody what? Ignores them. But, but, but listen, in their culture, it would have been taboo because Lady Wisdom would have seemed like a boisterous woman, a woman that lacks quietness, a woman that lacks submissiveness, a woman that is going to attempt to be countercultural um, to the paradigm in which she was socialized. But what's funny in this passage is that I believe Solomon uses this for shock value for us, to give us something deeper, to show you that he personifies wisdom as a woman to let us know how weird, how backwards, and how frustrating God's wisdom is in a culture. In other words, in other words, God's wisdom is so frustrating when people that don't want to hear it come into the mix that Solomon says, it's like a woman yelling in the streets. How adversive she would be taken. And there was another one in whom Lady Wisdom really gives a larger picture of. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the ultimate, although this is personified as a female, it realized in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. And in and, and 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, as we go through Proverbs, if we do not read this in light of Jesus, we're just getting moralistic principles. Because the cross gets us the ability to actually live out the principles in this proverbial literature. And so, and so Lady Wisdom is out there and she goes to the places. She raises her voice in the midst of everything that's going on. She, she, she goes to several places. The Bible says she goes to the streets, she goes to the markets, and she goes to the gates. The idea for streets, he, he bragged in this passage, means she stands outside of people's doors. 
She goes door to door. You got to understand in their culture, doors were right on the street. So Lady Wisdom is parading down the block. It's like her going down Diamond Street, yelling in front of people's doors, calling and beckoning them to listen to her. But then it says that she, she goes to the city gates. That's dope. She went to the city gates. City gates is an interesting place in their culture. Um, it would have been the center of commerce. It would have been the center of trade. It would have been where the it would have been where the elders of the city met together to convene and to work through matters of judgment, um, matters of financing. Marriages would have been like if a guy wanted to marry someone and there were issues with that marriage, they would come to the city gates. Even in the city gates is where people come in and people go out. Lady Wisdom is doing this. All Solomon is trying to tell us through all of this is to let us know that wisdom meets you where you are. See, many times people get into the scriptures and they begin to draw back and, 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 and fall back because of some of the linguistics and the patterns within scripture. But if read carefully and, and we persevere on through the reality of what God is trying to lace us with in relation to his truth, we'll have a greater passion for it. Because the word of God is not meant to just put fog in front of your face or put on a channel that has no picture and make fuzz for you. No, the word of God in the person of wisdom, ultimately in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, wants to lace you with his truth. Remember what we, anybody remember what wisdom is in the Bible um, based on last week's definition? Somebody yell it out. Okay, fear the Lord. What else? Two words. Skillful what? Skillful what? Wisdom is skillful living. So what Lady Wisdom personifies is she personifies, like we talked about last week, not just the accumulation of information, but the dynamic practice of it. In other words, the sense of the word wisdom or hakma, like we talked about last week, is a word that means the, the innate ability for someone to be gifted in taking in a manual of information, but then able to vocationally be an expert in that particular area. Well, what Lady Wisdom is doing is she's crying out because she's looking for students that want to be experts in God's covenant in a relationship with the living God. See, if you turn over to Second Peter chapter 1, it says, let's make sure that our calling and election is sure. Well, the word there for calling means vocation. Vocation. In other words, when you, become, when you come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't just go to church. You just don't do good service. You don't just do works. But your vocation is that you are in a relationship with God that demands you live in light of chakmah. In other words, skillfully being laced with God's truth and skillfully having the ability to, I, you know, it's one thing when I'm looking for a plumber and I'm looking for somebody to work on my roof. You know, I don't just, you know, I'm scared of dudes just starting a business. You know, say somebody come in your house. Hey, man, I, I got a plumbing coming. How long y'all been going? Oh, man, just three months, man, but we give you a discount. We give you a discount. Half off, dog. Half off, man. Me, 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 me and Bozo Willie, we're going to come up in the peace, and we're going to do some work in your crib. And, man, he come in your crib and begin to work on your pipe system. Next thing you know, your basement half full, you know, water coming out, everything. I mean, because he's new. He wet behind the ears at the game. But see, when I want somebody, I say, I ask, I said, what's their track record? In other words, who can, who can vouch for their work? 
In other words, how long have you been? Because see, if something happened, you tell me I got a warranty. All right, I got a warranty. And you go out of business next year. And you the center of my warranty. I ain't got no warranty. And so, and so we want, in other words, we want people who have a track record of expertise but can follow through with what they said. That's wisdom. See, wisdom is not just you talking smack about what you know, but the ability to skillfully do it in a way that looks smooth while you do it. You know, I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about for, for self-flossing, but it looks like you've been doing it for a minute. It didn't look like you just started today. See, many times, in our, in, our, in our 15 minutes of fame society, in our society where people, we have reality shows to make people stars overnight. You know, I like the, I, I, you know, people front on the Motown era. But what I like about Barry Gordy is he developed artists. Nowadays, folk just jump on the scene, they off the scene, they on. There's no, there's no processing and, and, and marination of the gift. See, when you become a Christian, your vocation is to become a beast in the craft of kingdom nutrients. You're supposed to be extremely unadulteratedly gifted in what it means to walk with the Lord. And so Lady Wisdom is looking for students that will admit that they're not skillful. (laughs) And so Lady Wisdom wants us to, to sit at her feet while she proclaims the living God. But but check out check out how check out what she does. It says right here, it says. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets, in the market she raises her voice, at the head of the noisy streets she cries. At the entrance of the city gates she speaks. Noisy, noisy. It's interesting that Solomon uses noisy. But then he uses not only noisy, but he talks about the fact that Lady Wisdom has to cry aloud, and she has to raise her voice. See, when you, go into, when you went into that setting, there was a lot of people talking. There were a lot of people laughing. There were donkeys. Um, there were carriages moving. So there, were a, there was a lot of noise going on where she was going. But it says, Wisdom wants to raise its voice above the noise of the culture. See, see, what happens is, is that there's a lot of noise in our lives. Everybody has noise, but, but, but sometimes we don't realize that it's actually noise. Uh, some of us, our, our, our phone is always going off. We're always text messaging. We always got to be around people. We, all, we, we got this going on. We got that going on. And God is ever trying to speak to us. And our lives are so noisy that wisdom has to compete with the noise that we've set up in our lives. The question today on the flow, family, is what is your noise? What is muting? What is muting the sound of wisdom's cry to make you skillful in every single area of life. What, what, what is that noise? Is there a relationship in your life that makes a lot of noise? Is it the fact that you're always on the phone? You can't stand to be alone. I can't be in here. I got to get out. I got to be around people. That sounds like you don't like to be in a, but that can also be noise. 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 Everybody and no matter who you are, has noise in your life that is causing wisdom to be muted. And you've been asking God to answer you, but the volume of your life is still turning up. 
The question on the floor is, we got to begin learning how to turn the volume of our life down. Some of y'all can't even go to sleep unless the TV is on. I got to have some music. I got to have some whistling. Some of y'all bought them CDs where it sound like water, you know, you know, and all that kind of carrying on. I need something going on. That may not be a good sign. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But I'm just saying, if you need noise to rest, some, I, some, I, I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, so we got we to gotta begin to ask ourselves, what in our life is pushing mute on God's wisdom in our lives? But he's, he's wanting to speak to us. He's wanting to tell us things by the wisdom of God who is in Christ. To lace us with his kingdom nutrient so we can go farther, faster, so that we can go further and we can be on a long obedience in the same direction. We have to begin to develop a passion to make the necessary sacrifices of noise. Jesus was interesting. Jesus, in Matthew 14, 23, it says, I, I like this, it says, and he sent the crowds away. And then he went, and he sent his disciples away, and he went someplace where he could be alone and pray. When the last time have you turned off your life for just a moment to hear from God? It's a very simple principle, but some of us, Especially us who are under 40. We have so much to prove and we want everything now. So we clutter our lives with busyness thinking we're going to get there faster. But it only becomes an encumbrance from us keeping our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. We need to get to the point where we're able to turn down the volume on our life. Listen, do y'all, do y'all know that Catholic churches and monasteries let you go there for free as long as you want to? You can go in with your Bible, a pen, and, and, and a change of underclothes and just stay in there. Some of us need to turn our lives off. And some, some of the wives sitting under, under my boy, they say, I, I, I wanna, I, I've been wanting that, Pastor. But my life... My husband isn't giving me the opportunity to do that. Men, you need to give your wife some time away. Some women are working, 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 working. We get time away. They never get time away. To just hear the voice of God. She can take the cell phone with her. But some, especially, I'm concerned about, especially the wives with children, and a lot of them. Or even if you got one, you need some time, because every, mommy this, mommy, I need this, mommy, I need, baby, I need you to do this, baby, I need to, ring, everything in your life is ringing. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm saying that from a pastoral standpoint, I am concerned about our women, and I want to see, and we know we, we, are, we love men and we work, you know that. But I just, had a, I just had a point, the Lord was nudging my heart on this this morning, about women who never get away, who have children. That doesn't mean that other people that don't have children can't get away. But there's a need for, I mean, some, I know women have, who haven't heard from God in years. Since they had their first baby, they haven't heard a word from God and have been callous. 
And my prayer for you, my prayer for you today, I'm coming back to everybody else, but, but my prayer, especially for the wives, is that you can get someplace quiet, you can take you some snacks, no makeup, take, wrap your hair up, don't worry about it, wash it maybe once or twice while you're gone. <laughs> but you need to sit at the feet of Jesus again and reconnect with him. So many of you in this room haven't connected with Jesus in a minute. You wake up in the morning, I get in the prayer, thank you Lord for this day, thank you for your grace, oh God, we bless you, amen. And you gone. All of us, we need to, listen, listen, the patterns begin with the end in mind. See, many of us say, I'm going to do one day. When I get to, I'm going to do. Listen, the patterns that you set up in your relationship with Jesus now will be the same patterns you have 20 years from now. Ask some old heads up in this piece. They'll tell you. That if you don't begin lacing your life with patterns, wisdom shouldn't have to shout at us so loud. That's why I love the still small, I want the still small voice back. I don't want, I don't want God to have to yell at me all the time. We need, we need God's voice. I mean, I'm not just talking about some, some whistle in the wind. I'm talking about getting in the scriptures and being able to recognize good from evil. We need, God, we, we need God to talk to our soul. And college students, don't spend your summers busy when you're off. Take off. Some of y'all are trying to finish school too fast, and y'all getting a lot of, which God wants you to get your education. You're getting a lot of stuff from school, but the voice of God is a very dim voice to you. That's why many of us fall away from the faith when we went. I wigged out too when I went to college. I wigged. I lost my eternal mind. And I'm just telling you, if our lives are always loud, everything is always going to be an emergency. See, 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 when your life, see, when you never take pit stops, everything is an emergency. And then you get mad when people can't connect to your emergency. It's because you haven't done maintenance on your spiritual car. And so wisdom cries to you once again today, family of God. She's crying to you. She's yelling at the top of her lungs. And she's saying, come back to God. Spend some time in his word. Read the people of faith over the years who've been here. You're not the first. Get in relationships with people that can encourage you in wisdom. She's yelling today. She wants you back and God is sitting there with wisdom as his missionary to his son. And he's waiting. He's waiting for you to unclutter your life. And some of y'all that are in ministry too, I'm concerned about y'all. Because sometimes you think ministry is hearing from God. And you have to be careful that your ministry schedule isn't so busy that you give yourself spiritual credit from receiving from God, even though all you do is give out. Oh. Sometimes the accolades of people can so fill your ears and wisdom is like humility, humility. And she, now she's just standing there. 
And she's yelling, and you can't see her. The type of place. So wisdom wants to meet you where you are. She's crying to you. She, she's God's missionary. She's got incarnate missionary, the precursor to Jesus, calling you back into a relationship with him. I got to move on. Types of people wisdom calls. Uh, let's read the text. Verse 22. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Three types of people um, wisdom calls out to. Wisdom, wisdom calls out to three types of people. Wisdom calls out to the simple. Wisdom calls out to the scoffer. And wisdom calls out to the fool. Now, let me just explain. Sometimes in reading this text, you can say, the scoffer and the fool, like, what makes them different? Well, let me just explain this differently. The scoffer is the person that when they hear wisdom, they attack it. In other words, we got Christians who do apologetics to help people understand the Christian faith and to defend the faith. Well, the mocker or the, or some of y'all's translations may say mocker or scoffer. Scoffer is a missionary for the fool. In other words, the scoffer, while wisdom is yelling, the scoffer is yelling back. Scoffer is the person that when they hear wisdom, they yell back at wisdom. When you ever met somebody, you give the, you try to tell them something, and they not only don't listen to you, they, I mean, they attack not just you, but the wisdom you're trying to give them. That's called a scoffer. Uh, uh, the characteristics of a scoffer, a scoffer is arrogant. A scoffer insults the wise. It mocks and jests at the wise. It nurtures pride. That person nurtures pride in their hearts. They're self-directed. They're self-directed. They never ask anyone for counsel. They, they do their own thing. They just, I, I, I think I'm, then you find out later what they're going to do. Like if you're a Christian and people always find out what you're going to do after you done made a decision, you haven't saw any. But the Bible says an abundance of counselors, there's victory. But, but, but see, you're like, in other words, a, a, a scoffer only wants to hear what a scoffer wants to hear. See, a scoffer is the person that comes to you, asks you for advice. And you can tell when you're giving them advice, adversive to what they actually want to hear. And then they'll try to nudge you to what they really are asking you to get affirmation of what they want to do. But really, they didn't come to you for advice. They came to you for affirmation. That's a scoffer. And so, and so what, we, what we have to be is we, we, we can't be these type of people. Let me, let me move on. Um, simple, a simple person. Characteristics of simple. We talked about the simple person. Some of your translations may say naive or simple-minded. It can also be translated too open-minded. You know, see, see, see the, 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 the simple is like, and, and this can go for somebody from, from, from 2 to 82. The simple is a person that has gotten spiritually and physically stuck in adolescence. It's the person, it's the person that is gullible. I mean, if you tell them, oh, oh they go elephant. Where? Where? I mean, ain't no elephant in the room, but they just looking all around. Gullible. I mean, just, they go Michael Jackson. Where? Where Michael Jackson at? 
That's, that's, that's how their gullibleness is. They're, they're gullible and they're, 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 they follow. Um, Solomon talked about people who are simple, who follow, who follow after anybody. Some of y'all follow after crew. Some of y'all want to be so accepted by people. I'm not beating on you, but I'm just telling you this is what a simple person is. It might not be you, but I'm just going to explain who the simple person is. Simple person. Simple person is the person that will do anything to fit in without a grid of morality. See, a simple person is hungry for self-worth, hungry for attention, hungry for peace. And so in whatever way and fashion that they can get it, they'll work for it. Some of us have given up our bodies because we're simple. Some of us have given up loot because we're simple. And, 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 and again, this is who wisdom's calling to. Wisdom is not calling you to stay there, but wisdom. Some more characteristics of the, of, of the, of the simple. Um, the simple is impulsive. Ah, let me stop there. The, 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 the simple person is, you ever, you ever met somebody and whenever you call them, they're always available? What you doing? Nothing. What you doing? Chilling. What you do today? Oh, you know. You know how we do. Y'all know the other saying, same another day. You know that, that person said, they, that's the person that says that. Some of y'all went right past you. Don't worry about it. Don't even explain it to them. Lose your sanctification in two seconds. All right. Impulsive. 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 They make decisions. If somebody presents something to them, they don't investigate it. Man, he said, I can make a hundred grand next week. I'm telling you. He said, if I make these phone calls and I give him two, $2,000, he going to hook me up with a, well, if he going to hook you up with a hundred thousand dollars, why he need $2,000? The simple, the simple, and that's, I'm speaking hyperbolically, but, I mean, some of us, anyway, um, anyway, the, the, I mean, the simple is the person that is impulsive and you don't pray about decisions you need to make. You don't ask for counsel. You don't, you don't think through anything. I mean, ev- you accept everything on face value without investigation. Um, you, you, um, I, you know, a lot of people say, I want to, like, I remember I said, I wanted to do marketing when I was in, when, before I went, I said, I want to be, I want to do accounting. And I said, I'm going to do accounting and marketing. Man, I, my first year of college, man, I got up in the math classes, and they were eating my lunch. I'm talking about, they were talking about <laughs> spitting me. I mean, they were tearing me up. I said, man, I might not need to be up in this zone here, man. I mean, I was thinking about because I heard a dude say he was going to make all this loot from being an accountant. So I said, I'm going to be an accountant. You know, I'm going to be an accountant for a big corporate, blah, blah, blah. And, man, I got up in them classes, and they got to working on me, man. I said, I said I'm going to do the, the, the required joints, and I'm switching my major. I mean, and so many of us make impulsive decisions without investigation. That's the simple. But then there's the fool. Now, now I, I, we're going to talk about the fool over and over and over again as we go through Proverbs. Y'all still with me? You know, the fool, the fool, there are three types of fools in, 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 um, in, in Proverbs. I, we talked about one of them last week. Listen to the podcast to get that one. But this, this is a different kind of fool. Now, the third type of fool, um, I, we'll talk about in a few weeks. But this is a whole, this, I mean, this is another level of fool. The first week, that's, 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 that's um, beginner's fool. 
Okay, this fool in this passage is an intermediate fool. But then in a few weeks, we're going to talk about the advanced fool. But listen to this, the intermediate fool. Characteristics of the intermediate fool. The intermediate fool is self-satisfied in their stupidity. Self-satisfied. You ever met somebody and you, you didn't want to tell them they were stupid? But, but I mean, you like, you stupid. I mean, the, the, I mean this, is, this is not the Nabal, which is the next level. That's a stupid fool. It can be translated. But this one is self-absorbed, morally insensitive, unreasonable. You can't even reason with this fool. Impervious to instruction. In other words, their soul is a, and their heart is a juggernaut when it comes to the wisdom of God. The fool, this fool lacks discipline. Unskilled in applying the knowledge they possess. Sometimes... A person doesn't mean you're not intellectually smart. See, don't, don't front, because sometimes a fool can be smart. But it's not them being smart that makes them a fool. It's the fact that they don't use what they got that makes them a fool. So they'll accumulate the information. And, uh, I ain't know how to do that. And, blah, 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 blah. and they just talking and telling you about it. And then you start looking at the application, and, and it's, it's no application. That's a fool. Settled into being antic, antagonistic. To the way of Christ. So we got three types of people. We got the simple person, we got the fool, and we got the scoffer. So, the, so, so wisdom is calling these three people. Okay? Now, the difference between the simple from the scoffer and the fool is the simple is open to God's wisdom if it's made available to him, whereas the scoffer and the fool need more redemption on them. So check this out. The next point, it leads me to my next point. The typical response when wisdom calls. The typical response when wisdom calls. This is not the ideal student. Check out verse 24. It says, I ha- because I have called you and refused to listen, and you have refused to listen, listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will, not, they will seek me diligently and will not find me. Check this out. Wisdom says that you're going to catch the vapors. The vapors mean, okay, let me explain that. The vapors mean I was trying to get with you, but, um, how can I, yeah, the vapors. The vapors mean I was trying to get with you, but then when you saw that I was, I was dope or good and tight and all that, um, then you got in a situation where you needed me, but now I'm, I'm, I'm a front on you like you fronted on me. See, wisdom fronts on the fool when they, want his, when, when they want wisdom. Now, let me tell you, some of y'all think this is not mercy. Well, you got to understand wisdom's wisdom. <laughs> because, see, everybody in hell want wisdom. I mean, now they're talking about, man, you mean they were right? I mean, see, see the fool and the scoffer, this is what they do. They reject wisdom. They get in a situation where they need wisdom. And they call for wisdom's help. But they only want wisdom as an exit strategy, not as a lifestyle. In other words, get me out of it this time, God, and I'll serve you. 
God, I won't do it no more. If you get me out this time, if you post my bail this time, I'm straight. See, and wisdom says, oh, don't, 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 don't front on me like that. Wisdom says, when you're locked away and the key is thrown away, don't ask for me. Because I want students who don't just want me when the weather is bad. I want students that will follow me when everything is good. See, a true teachable student is not a fair weather student, but a student that is willing to listen when all heck breaks loose. And so wisdom says, listen, I'm not going to uh, make myself available to you because you've rejected me. Then it says, because they have hated, they have hated and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despise all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way. Way in, in Proverbs, real quick, is a, the, can be translated road. In other words, it's the way that you choose to travel. It's the, it's the you know, wide is the gate, but narrow. There's a man that seems right, but in the end it leads to destruction. This is that way. And he said, you chose a way that was different than the way that I was trying to provide for you. As a matter of fact, it says right here, it says, it says, because you have hated knowledge, did not seek the fear of the Lord. It says, verse 32, it says, for the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. And so, in other words, the, the typical response that, w- w- that when wisdom calls is a rejection of wisdom. And so, but, but, then, but then, last but not least, I, I, think, I, think, it's, I think it's dope how, how wisdom how wisdom does. But it's interesting that I like the way another verse says it. It says, just as a, re- a dog returns to his vomit to eat it, so does a fool return to their folly. See, if you save a fool, they'll go back into their foolishness. But if you save, if, if you save a person that truly wants wisdom, then they will rise up and call you blessed. But then we see, last but not least, we saw, we saw that um, the, the, the types of people that wisdom uh, calls to. That was number two. We talked about the type of places in which wisdom calls. We talked, uh, we talked also about, we talked about the, 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 the type of responses that wisdom or the typical responses that wisdom uh, 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 expects. But then finally, we see the true response when wisdom calls. Look at verse 23. It says, if you turn in my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Look at verse 33. It says, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure. That's beautiful language there. Underline secure or whatever. How, how, it, it may say safety in your passage. Then it says, and will be at ease without dread. This is, this is powerful language right here in this text. Because wisdom now says, I'm looking for a student. It all boils down to one word, teachable. 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 Can I give you a quick definition of teachable? Teachable person means to be willing to be receptive uh, to receptively listen to sound wisdom and put it into practice. To be willing to be receptive 
to sound wisdom, not just to anything that makes you a simpleton, but to sound wisdom and to put it into practice. Now, whether it is critical or encouraging, check this out. Many of us can receive encouragement, but we can't receive correction. See, a teachable person, when you tell them something that frustrates them, guess what they do? They say, thank you. Matter of fact, a teachable person may even get mad at you the first time and be like, man, shut up. I, I, I think that's dumb, man. I, I mean, and then you come back and the spirit of God begins to convict them and they come back and say, you know what? You were right. See, a teachable person. But, but one of the things I can't stand is a person that can't receive what you have to tell them. A person that's always on the defensive, but the Bible says that a teachable person receives instruction. Now, check this out. Now, it doesn't mean, now, being teachable does not mean to merely have the intellectual capacity to intake the information. Because a lot of people can take, intake the basic information of what it means to be teachable. But the question is, in, in you being receptive to what God is saying through other people and through his word, will you be willing to turn around and put it into practice? I'm going to talk about in a minute the characteristics of a teachable person. But listen how... Um, Listen to how in the text, in verse 33, how it says, wisdom explains um, what happens when you listen to her. She says, whoever listens to me will dwell. That, 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 that's a beautiful word. I don't have time to unpack it. But dwell means to remain. It means to stay in the sphere of influence in space of. But then it says secure. That word secure means living in a permanent settled condition without fear of danger. Now, whenever you listen to wisdom's cry, Christ being the wisdom of God, when you listen to the wisdom of Christ, what happens is, is, is that it doesn't promise that bad stuff won't happen to you. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that even when bad stuff happens to you, you will have a disposition of security. In other words, you're confident in the fact that what God says will happen will happen even though right now it may not look like it's going to happen because you are not simple, you're not a scoffer, and you're not a fool, but you're in the community of the wise. In other words, the, the wise person, the teachable student, the ideal student is willing to persevere when God's promises have not come to pass, knowing that God always tells the truth. See, the unteachable person... When it looked like the other team going to win, they like to put on another jersey. See, but the teachable students say, man, I know we look like we losing this game, but man, we got him on the team. We got him on the team. See, a teachable person, it, 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 and it says the blessing of that teachable person is they will experience. Remember last week we talked about depth? See, some of us jump from here. Because it looks good. We jump from there because it looks good next week. We jump. I don't like that. I jump here. And what happens is, is you always think somebody else is the problem. And what happens is you haven't persevered long enough in any relationship with any person in your life. And what happens is, is you're a mile wide and an inch deep. But see, being teachable and receiving the wealth of wisdom and dwelling secure, God digs a well in your soul. 
he digs a well and he pulls out because God needs to make pouring room for his blessings. But listen, he can't make pouring room from, for your blessings if you're always restarting the game. You know, when I used to, I remember back in the day when we playing Atari, uh, Atari, some of y'all remember that. But man, when it looked like it was, or ColecoVision, some of y'all remember that. That's way past. Commodore Vic 20, that's way old school. But anyway, somebody, somebody, somebody was, somebody, uh, I, I, every time we play it, man, and it looked like you were going to lose, you restart the game. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, I don't want to get killed right now. I, 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 I. Start, the, start the board over. That's how the, that's how the, that, the teachable person says, I'm in the game, and even though it looks like I'm in trouble, if I just continue, I might learn something. Yeah. Yeah, see, see, that's what the teachable person does. You gotta have staying power, but, and God laces you with the ability to have vital and potent staying power if you would just allow God to put your soul in a place through Jesus Christ where He allows you to dwell secure. The sense of this whole synonymous parallelism in this verse um, has the sense of shalom. Do you remember our word shalom? Shalom means comprehensive wholeness. Even though, in other words, it doesn't mean that everything around you is whole. But it means that you're whole. But it doesn't mean you're not broken. I'll talk about that in a second. Because some of us mistaken brokenness for a lack of wholeness. And I'm going to talk about the teachable person's response to stuff. And uh, one of my mentors was talking to me this week about the difference between woundedness and brokenness. I want to talk about that in a second. But then he says, right here, he says, and will be at ease without dread of disaster. In other words, the, the person that's receiving God's wisdom, the person that's teachable, doesn't have to worry that God ordained wrath is coming after them. Didn't say that disaster wouldn't touch them. It just means that you won't dread the type of disaster that God brings on somebody that's simple, that's a scoffer, or that's a fool. See, you ain't got to worry about, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know anymore what it's like not to have a hard time and be without God in a situation. But see, this person never has to dread that. But there's some characteristics, some characteristics of the ideal student. The ideal student, number one, rests in God's grace through Christ for a right response to wisdom. You respond to wisdom. In other words, through Christ, not just you working it on your own, but in faith in the crucified and resurrected Jesus as the sinner. Because the Bible said Jesus had to grow in wisdom and knowledge. With both man, with both, with both um, God and man. So if Jesus got to grow in wisdom, what about us? And so, and so we got to depend on the ultimate, not just example, but the one who secured for us the ability to hear from God and apply God's truth. Not only that, has spiritual vitality, recognizes that we work from salvation, not for it. Many people get disappointed because they're trying to work for what God has, but you work from salvation. Because the Bible says work, work, it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It didn't say work for it. What that means is it's not just talking about justification, but it means in the spiritual growth process, you draw on the resurrected Lord for the natural, for the eternally natural nutrients you need to have staying power and to walk with him and to get wisdom. Next, encourages others creatively. 
encourages other cre- uh, uh, encourages others creatively. I'll talk about that. He says, assured that God's wisdom is true. We talked about that. Repentant when corrected. Repentant when corrected. Confesses and forsakes, not just confesses. Because some of us can confess, but confessing it doesn't mean you're teachable. Forsaking it means you are. Proverbs 28, 13. When accused of something, listen, they are willing to do a heart check before disregarding what is said. What I mean is a person that's teachable, when someone tells them something they don't agree with, they're at least willing to, to, to search their hearts to see if it was something that they missed, even though they don't think they've done it yet. See, an unteachable person immediately disregards the fact of whether or not they could have done what they were accused of. But not only that, um, doesn't demand the right to earn, to learn from experience. Some of us in our rebellious state, we say, well, just let me learn. That's not being teachable. Gets multi-generational counsel. Can I park there? Gets multi-generational counsel. And in and, and, and 1 Kings 12, Rehoboam had a dope opportunity. Had a dope opportunity <laughs> um, to, to, to secure the kingdom. He had 12 tribes. And he called the elders to himself. He said, man, tell me what I should do about the people. He said, and the elders told him, you, you need to make sure that you, you take care of the people, pull, pull off the, the stuff that your father put on them. He said, all right. Right. He went over to his boys he grew up with. He said, man, what y'all think I should do with these people? Man, they getting on my nerves. You know what I'm saying? He said, he says, he said let me tell you something, dog. You know what I'm saying? Man, your loins are thicker than your father's pinky finger. That's some crazy talk. And he said, listen. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I go out there. I talk crazy to the whole nation. And, I, and he said, see, that's what I'm feeling. See, you know what the elders was talking about? They ain't talking about, I said, man, I knew, give me a, man, hey, call him back. And then he went out there and put everybody on blast and people dipped. You know, our generation, know what we need to learn? We need to learn how to not just hear from our buddies. We, we need, I don't like this culture we have of not being able, like, just because your mama and daddy or somebody wiser in the faith ain't up on the lingo and don't dress like we do and don't know how to use an iPod and don't have email doesn't mean they ain't wise. See, many times we mistaken, we mistaken a lack of technical savvy for stupidity. But they've walked through some storms you just haven't walked through. They, they walk with, they've held God's hand through some stuff that you're yet, listen, if you knew what was ahead of you and you had a sneak preview of coming attractions, let me tell you something, you go get the disc from them and watch the commercial often. Because let me tell you something, they can help us to, to go around, listen, an abundance of not just counselors, but of wise, uh, experienced, and even older counselors. That's why we want Epiphany Fellowship not to just be, like the average age is between 22 and 26. And according to when you became a Christian and began walking is when you began walking in wisdom. So that might have just shrunk everybody, just plat out. And I don't want us to feel bad about that. Now, I don't want us to feel bad about that. But what I want us to do is to be willing to seek counsel. And some of you all have, because your parents nag on you a lot, and you, everybody in here doesn't, I mean, if you have saved wise parents, um, 
Like some of us are so used to being around our parents and them, in, in our point of view, some of them did nag in ways that they needed to release us. But then sometimes um, you've gotten, they like the, the teacher off of Charlie Brown and the wonk, wonk, wonk sound. You need to ask God to, to unmute their voice for you again. You, you, I mean, I'm telling you, man, it's so many things that I've avoided because, because you know, you know, my, my mama told me one time, my mama looked at my mama is 83 years old. Biological birth, y'all. My mama, my mama, my mama came to me one time, you know, I, I started to gain weight. And, you know, the event was, man, she said, she looked at me, she said, she grabbed my stomach right here. And she grabbed it and did like that. I said, my stop. Mama said, you need to lose some weight, baby. And she might not tell you she wants you to, but you need to lose some weight. And, you know, at first I was, I was offended. My mama told me I needed to lose weight. I was offended, you know, and she put me, everybody was looking and carrying on. And I'm like, Dad, you know, the family all looking. Yeah, he need to, look at him. He got love. Look at there. Look, you got a pack of hot dogs. Look at there. He the, <laughs> and I said, baby, I'm all right, ain't I? And the room got real quiet. I'm like, baby. She said, you know, the gospel calls me to love you just as you are. <laughs> but it doesn't want you to stay where you are. <laughs> In other words, we, we need to be able to hear you. I mean, you never know. And that was something simple, but I'm just saying, we, we need to begin to listen and not to mute out multi-generational wisdom. Amen? Amen. But not only that, two, two, two things. Be a lifelong learner. Be a lifelong learner. In Proverbs 9, verse 9, it says something dope. It says, give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. In other words, a, 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 a wise person is a lifetime learner. Mile markers don't mean you stop learning even though that mile marker period is over. You still got to learn and build on that period that you were mile marking in. In other words, if you graduate from school, it don't mean that you stop utilizing the books that you um, learn from. It, it means you have to build on it. If you give a person wisdom, they get wiser, a wise person that is. But then finally, becomes better rather than bitter through suffering becomes better rather than bitter through suffering. The Bible says that Jesus Christ learned what? Obedience through the things that he suffered. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. What's, what's interesting is, is the wise person, and we'll, we'll, I'll teach you on brokenness again. We did it pre-launch, but I'll talk about that. But I want to give a footnote. You know, a, 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 a simple person, a scoffer, and a fool becomes wounded. A wise and teachable person allows hard situations to break them. Now, it, now, it takes a wound to be broken, but it doesn't take brokenness to be wounded. Let me explain that. See, many, oh, everybody's been wounded, but if you live in light of that wound, many times you nurture bitterness within yourself. When you, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 12 that the root of bitterness rising up defiles many. What does that mean? Is that because you have allowed your heart to cake because woundedness or bitterness is nothing but fermented unforgiveness. 
And so what happens is, what happens is, is instead of allowing that to help you to develop and be more teachable and grow from it, you become wounded and you live out that womb with cat claws. In other words, yow at everybody. Everybody tells you, rah, and I mean, you just scratch up people. That's what a wounded person does. But a wise person allows Christ to set their heart in position to be able to be, re- to be a receptacle for a lifelong time of learning. Maybe you're here today and, and you don't know Christ as Savior. Well, none of us, all of us, all of us are unteachable, whether we like it or not, in some way, shape, or form. But what Christ does is Christ helps us to admit that we're all unteachable in some way, shape, or form. And what he does is he reboots us and gives us affections, desires that are married to his kingdom because he's the wisdom of God. So what he does is he reformats us so that we can be a receptacle for wisdom. And, 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 but, but, but you don't trust Christ to merely get wisdom. You trust Christ because there's a beef between you and God. God is offended. And because God is offended at us because we haven't walked in wisdom, we walked in foolishness all of our lives, separated from his son, the wisdom of God. He's calling you into a relationship to, to, to admit that you jacked up just like the rest of us, tore up from the floor up and are in desperate need of a crucified king who got up and who's coming back again. If that's you, every head bow, every eye closed, if that's you. That's you. Slip your hand up in the air. We want to we connect with you. If you want to trust Jesus as Savior, maybe that's you.